0: Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Once dubbed by Interpol as the world's most wanted woman, Lisa Marie Smith faced a possible death sentence when she was arrested
1: and charged with drug smuggling in Thailand in 1996. When you go to a Thai prison, you face torture, death, disease and emotional devastation. Welcome to Hell. This is the podcast that tells of the pain Thai prisoners go through and how some of them have escaped. I'm Lisa Tate. I'm a journalist and a chronic podcast creator. This is my third true crime series. Lisa Marie Smith is leaving Thailand after five months in the prison hellhole known as the Bangkok Hilton. As the 20-year-old takes her final steps out of the country... She was likely gripped by a rush of relief, exhaustion and euphoria. The only child of an insurance millionaire was facing the prospect of up to 20 years in the horrors of Klong Prem Prison due to accusations of drug trafficking. Lisa is leaving Thailand on bail using her Australian passport and she likely vows to never return to the land of smiles. As her international flight makes its way out of Thai airspace, she's finally free of the Bangkok Hilton Jail. Could you survive a Thai prison? Escaping Bangkok is the podcast about making it out alive. I'm Lisa Tate and I am a journalist and podcaster. This is my third true crime series. And just a reminder... I want to keep telling stories about the Bangkok Hilton. So if you'd like more episodes of this proudly independent podcast, you can gift us your support on escapingbangkok.com. In return, we have uploaded exclusive information and content. So start your support today and there's also a link in the show notes. Today we continue the story of how a girl born in Melbourne, Australia, ends up on an international most wanted list. My obligation here is to report fairly and accurately, but we do not know definitively how Lisa left Thailand, other than it was by plane. And please note also, we are using voice actors to bring quotes from the time to life. Lisa Marie Smith, now aged 47, has not been found guilty of any charges relating to her time in Thailand. In fact, the statute of limitations for her case and the international arrest warrant have now expired. We are exploring how Lisa lives for years in plain sight but remains undetected by law enforcement for almost two decades. That is until the day when a shocking and random act of violence brings her under the gaze of the law. On this podcast, we hear from others whose lives have been derailed by the jails known as the Bangkok Hilton. This is Lisa's incredible story, one which has many twists and turns. But if you haven't listened to episode one yet, we suggest you start there does someone just disappear for 18 years? To recap, on February 13, 1996, Lisa was arrested with what police claimed was a backpack full of drugs. She maintained she was set up by drug dealers. Indeed, Bangkok police had four days' notice that she would be carrying the drugs. So the fact is here, Lisa believed she was set up and she was never, ever going to get to Japan or Yokohama. Someone alerted the authorities and she didn't get on that plane. That must have been the plan all along. So the story about Japan and the document was a false one. Lisa was seized by gun-toting officers of the Narcotics Control Board at Don Wang International Airport. Inside her new backpack... Police say they allegedly found four kilos of opium and 565 amphetamine pills. The opium was later revealed as cannabis. She's charged with possessing narcotics and trying to smuggle them out of the country. Lisa denies the accusations and says it was a setup. She tells police she was conned by that group of men we spoke about in episode one at the Bangkok bar, ironically known as Paradise, and she has no idea how the drugs ended up in her backpack. Lisa, barely out of school, was trapped in the Bangkok Hilton for five excruciating months. She was probably shackled in leg irons for the first three months at the prison. Authorities say this supposedly reduces the risk of suicide, but I don't know about that... Lisa was living cheek to jail with 120 other women inside the jail. It was a rat-infested dorm. In 1998, Glenn Stanaway of the Daily Telegraph wrote the following. Just a reminder, this is a voice actor. Poor little rich girl, caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. Sad Lisa Marie, trapped between 20 years jail or a life where every waking moment is plagued by the fear of a tap on the shoulder and a firm hand grabbing her wrist. But fortunately for this young Australian, she has the love of her wealthy Hong Kong-based parents. Lisa's fortunes take a rapid turn when they arrive in Thailand a few days after her arrest. Parents Terry and Robin Smith must have had many sleepless nights worrying about their daughter inside one of the world's worst prisons especially when they might have seen the images of her arrest that were beamed across the world. Undoubtedly, stories such as this are always big news in the UK and Australia. Lisa can be seen in one press image bundled up in a police van on her way to the filthy holding cells near Bangkok Criminal Court. She's sitting between two officers and clutching a towel over her head, Lisa spends several horrific days in the putrid holding cells before facing the court for bail. Lisa is couriered from her jail in Australian diplomatic cars and surrounded by Thailand's top lawyers. In court, she was neatly dressed wearing a blue and white sleeveless tunic and white pants, unlike other prisoners who were there in their prison garb. Her shoulder-length blonde hair shines and looks as though it's freshly washed and blow-dried. Incredibly, Lisa was said to have been the first foreigner granted bail for drug offences in Thailand, but the understanding was she would return to face trial in August. Her father pays $75,000 as Lisa's bail bond. As she ran the gauntlet of the media and was driven away, On June 14, 1996, it was the last time Thai officials saw her. Now, I have a question. What would you do if you were on bail? Now, you can leave a message for me on our website, escapingbangkok.com. Let me know what you would do in Lisa's situation. Would you go back for the trial? Keeping in mind that 99% of people are convicted. And if you plead not guilty... They'll punish you. It's far worse. Soon, she was long gone and does not make her trial in late August. The South China Morning Post reported Bangkok's Central Criminal Court was told by her lawyers she'd been in touch with the law firm twice. On the first occasion 10 days ago, Smith said she was in Thailand and would come to our office yesterday. But three days ago, she telephoned to say she wasn't able to come to court. I asked the court for an adjournment. She asked the court for an adjournment, but the prosecution said they believed Smith had left the country. The Thai police were left holding her British passport. This proves to be a crucial oversight. But Lisa isn't the only one to eventually disappear on bail from a Bangkok prison. In 2000, an English couple awaiting trial trekked overland from Bangkok to Malaysia wearing just flip-flops. They took a train to Malaysia and then walked to the capital. They camped out overnight. They had a little tiny camping stove with them and I don't know why they've only got the flip-flops, to be honest. (laughs) But they strung hammocks between the trees and every night they could hear the wildlife. It was absolutely terrifying. Eventually, they got to Kuala Lumpur, had to catch a flight that went via Pakistan to the UK. And they were greeted by the UK police when they arrived at Heathrow in London. But they were not arrested and sent back to Thailand There is no doubt countless others remain traumatised by their experiences in the Bangkok Hilton. Now back to the plane and out of Thai airspace. Does Lisa order a glass of something celebratory? She's probably sitting there in a comfortable airline seat with an attentive service from smiling attendants as she bids farewell to the Bangkok Hilton. I wouldn't blame her to be giving it the finger as she taxied off. She doesn't know it now, but for the next 18 years, she will be always one step ahead of law enforcement, even when using her real name to travel across countries. So where do you go in the world after leaving hell on earth? It must be a surreal experience to be finally out of the crowded, filthy and stinking jail cells. I imagine it would take a bit for your brain to adjust. But now to the practicalities of her new life. The first thing on her list was renewing her UK and Australian passports. In 1996, several countries in Europe did not have extradition agreements with Thailand. So Lisa heads to one of them, Greece, to fix her passports and enjoy the European summer. On August 30, 1996, Lisa walks into the Australian Embassy in Athens and applies to renew her passport. Then, in September, the travel document was issued to her and stamped valid for 10 years, even though Thai law enforcement was actively looking for her. She is next seen in October, this time at the British Embassy in Athens, where she takes another risky step of renewing her British passport in her own name, gaining access to unchecked travel throughout Europe. Undoubtedly, Lisa was able to renew the passports because it took the Thai police until December 1996 to alert Interpol, the international policing organisation. Meanwhile, news of Lisa's no-show in Bangkok is starting to bother people in Australia. It's a development that a few years later ends up being dissected on the floor of the Australian Senate. While politicians at home want answers, the Department of Foreign Affairs maintains its hands are tied by the inaction of Thai authorities. Regardless, Lisa cannot go home to Australia because the Australian Federal Police is now looking for her. People are continuing to ask questions in the UK, Hong Kong, Thailand and Australia. Lisa would be wise not to trust anyone. Meanwhile, it wasn't until months later that Thai police said they definitively tracked Lisa to Greece and they reportedly been tipped off by the Australian Federal Police. But after Greece, Lisa's trail goes cold. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
0: You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. To find out if it's right for you.
1: And that is why Thailand convinced Interpol in 1996 to place her on its 10 most wanted list that will be posted for the first time on the internet and on billboards. I suppose you can't get any more wanted than to be the world's most wanted woman. Investigators say Lisa has some income, but do not know how. Or if she's working. According to Thai officials, Lisa spends 24 years on the Interpol most wanted list. So she's subject to the Interpol alert demanding her arrest on site. That must be really, really hard to live with. So, with an international arrest warrant in your name, where do you go after Athens? Fancy some sun, Lisa, some wine olives and great food why not a greek island why thank you i might lisa is on a mission to celebrate her 21st birthday and her new uk passport is her golden ticket moment sources have confirmed to the daily telegraph she traveled under her own name to the visually stunning volcanic greek island of santorini santorini is mesmerizing it is a moon-shaped island with multi-coloured cliffs topped by drifts of whitewashed buildings. Santorini is also the home of dazzling panoramas, romantic sunsets and volcanic sand beaches. The island is filled with charming shops lining its colourful cobbled streets. You can buy everything from painted ceramics to souvenirs, jewellery and even high fashion. And it's said that swimming in the a gnc overlooked by the stunning natural landscape and celebrated architecture of santorini is an experience you won't forget in a hurry a new country a new name reports from the time claim she was using the name of liza maria a southern european pronunciation of her name as time wore on Lisa's encounter with the law in Thailand may be inching further into the back of her mind. The sun and the Aegean Sea must have been just the tonic for this traumatised Australian girl. I have a feeling some of you are going to object to me calling her a traumatised Australian girl. If you do, you can always leave a message for me on our website, escapingbangkok.com. Remember, Lisa, trust no one. Always the party girl, Lisa celebrates her 21st throughout the summer on Santorini. Was it a bittersweet moment due to her distance from family and friends? Or was she just overwhelmingly grateful to be out of the Bangkok Hilton? The 21st bash also marks three months on the run for Lisa. But it's time to move again. Law enforcement is finally on her tail after their delays and continual stuff-ups. Lisa again gives Interpol the slip in Santorini, possibly leaving the Greek island on a motor cruiser, straight out of a Bond movie. Lisa Marie is leaving Greece behind and her trail goes cold. By December 1996, Lisa was officially wanted across the globe. It was a time of great risk. Her mugshot sat on billboards alongside that of nine others, mainly terrorists and murderers, on Interpol's top ten. It's a bizarre new life for the 21-year-old student. She remains free, partly due to law enforcement incompetence, It doesn't stop the police, though, from talking a good game. Interpol's top coordinator, Joseph Avery, said in 1997 it was only a matter of time before she was caught. Good one, mate. Years later, parts of her Interpol file were obtained by the Adelaide Advertiser and they revealed details of her life after Greece. Understandably, for a 21-year-old, she was homesick and was beginning to take risks. Interpol tells the advertiser it had intercepted Lisa's contact with family and friends. A postcard here, the occasional letter, bits of conversation from a public phone in an era when most people didn't have mobile phones. Law enforcement said it would continue to monitor her calls and letters. The advertiser said the calls and the letters were the first major mistake that Lisa had made. They confirmed that Lisa was in Europe and is not a pauper. Meanwhile, as time went by, the diplomatic fallout was growing. In 2001, Thai officials sought to tighten the country's extradition treaty with Britain to speed up the search for Lisa. The Australians, meanwhile, were still debating Lisa's renewed passport and how it happened and why. This time it was the Department of Foreign Affairs. Apparently, consular staff could not act on a Thai arrest warrant, only on a request from Interpol or the Australian police. We absolutely love our layers of bureaucracy in Australia. I asked the Department of Foreign Affairs for information they may have held about Lisa through Freedom of Information. They didn't say no but indicated I needed to pay up front for processing and couldn't guarantee that I'd get anything. I'm too old for that. It's just butt covering. It was a situation that happened, you know, more than two decades ago. So I saved my money. There's news in 1999 by the Courier-Mail that Lisa was offered the chance of a pardon just months before she fled Thailand. The agreement that the Australian government was trying to broker was she'd serve 22 months in the prison and then she'd hopefully receive the king's pardon, the king of Thailand. But that's a long time in the Bangkok Hilton and a lot of people do not make it out of there because of disease, abuse, it's dreadful. But as we head towards the turn of the century, a game of misinformation starts because letters are arriving in Australia, which appear to be from Lisa, or are they? In 1999, a Christmas card taunt was sent to police in Australia and it convinced authorities that she was in England. Officers believed it had been sent to a detective, Lisa knew, to distract inquiries away from England. The greeting had been purchased in the UK but sent from Hong Kong, and there were two different types of handwriting. The media has also started asking her millionaire father, Terry Smith, questions about Lisa's whereabouts. He was confronted by reporters in Hong Kong in 1999, but remained tight-lipped when asked where she was and if he expected to see her again. Reports at the time said Mr Smith found journalists more interested in his daughter than the insurer's performance at a news conference to discuss national mutual sales. Meanwhile, the hunt continues and more misinformation comes to the surface. Is Lisa Marie Smith now married? Police and Interpol start investigating claims Lisa may have been secretly living in the UK as a newlywed housewife. But there are a lot of Lisa Marie Smiths in this world and law enforcement was trying to find this one. Lisa Marie Smith, aged 23, born on November 18, 1975, 164 centimetres tall and about 60 kilos when she was last seen. But again, our Lisa has luck on her side because police in the UK take the wrong woman into the station for questioning so police knock on a door in the English town of Waynefleet they were confident that their 3-year hunt was going to be over however when they took Waynefleet's Lisa Marie Smith into the station her fingerprints did not match those of Lisa Marie Smith and the UK's Lisa Marie Smith shared the same birthday with, quote, now this is what she said, this rich chick, her father's apparently a multimillionaire. This Lisa was born in 1974, though, and Lisa Marie Smith was born in 75. Law enforcement had been checking the records of every Lisa Marie Smith in Britain. They were going to all their homes and checking them out. There would have been a lot of Lisa Marie's at that time because Elvis Presley had a daughter Lisa Marie. It was very popular. I'm a Lisa. Many of us. So no Lisa Marie Smith living in the UK or Australia was safe from the police or media scrutiny. Around this time, there was a rumour going around Sydney that Lisa had married a man with the surname McGuigan and they were living in Western Australia. It started with a letter indicating Lisa was in Western Australia. The Hobart Mercury reported... The letter was sent to a friend in Victoria and said in part, I'm here in the West. It's just a hop, skip and a jump. I hope you are all well. We all must get together soon one day. Love, Lisa. I'm not sure who wrote this, but the hop, skip and a jump is an important clue to Lisa's eventual location. The McGuigan name, is well known in Australia because it's the name of an iconic Australian wine company. It's also another important clue to this story. It's very close to a new surname Lisa was possibly using up until 2014. But meanwhile, in a small town in Western Australia, a hairdresser named Lisa Marie McGuigan was minding her own business. At the same time, there was a tip-off that Lisa Marie Smith was living in the town of Naroggan, which is 180 kilometres southeast of Perth in Western Australia. After the exclusive report written by the News Corp police reporter, Andrew Rule, journalists were buzzing with talk that Lisa was living across the country using this married name. The only Lisa Marie McGuigan in Western Australia, as I said, lived in Naroggan, so two private investigators made their way to the town to interview the hairdressers. They'd said they'd been employed by a Melbourne news organisation. The Mercury reported one of the investigators had his hair cut by Lisa Marie while asking personal questions photographs were also taken of Lisa Marie to find out if she'd had plastic surgery. Lisa Marie's husband, Troy Marnie, said his wife had been terrified by the whole experience. Meanwhile, the Australian Federal Police said the letter was inconclusive. So up next, who is Mr Invisible and what does he know about Lisa Marie Smith? Join us next to find out where Lisa Marie Smith was living in plain sight. Is she married and living under the identity of Lisa Marie McGuigan? And why is her name scrawled all over walls in inner Sydney? To find out more about this podcast, go to escapingbangkok.com or you can find me on Twitter at Lisa Podcasts. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can gift us via the link on our website to buy me a coffee. I'd really appreciate that. And also, it entitles you to exclusive content. I have exclusive photos. I have additional details. I have it all. This podcast was recorded on Warramai land. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which this program was produced. We pay our respects to all First Nations people and acknowledge Elders past and present. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back next week for when we talk about Lisa on the run. Until then, this is Lisa Tate and don't forget to ask yourself... Could you survive a Thai prison? This is the Escaping Bangkok Podcast. If you're hungry for more, follow us, Escaping Bangkok Podcast, on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit escapingbangkok.com.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.